Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Come in. Welcome. Welcome to Mystery Theater. I am Hyman Brown. According to Pythagoras... Anything that can happen to anyone, anywhere in the world, can also happen to you. I guess what the old gentleman was trying to tell us is that there's no custom so strange, no usage so foreign, no fate so unusual that it cannot suddenly pierce the protective barrier of the familiar behind which so many of us cower for safety. Why did you kill Georgiana Slater? I don't even know anyone named Georgiana Slater. Are these your clothes? Yes, but... What were they doing in her house? I don't know. Is this your gun? Yes. It's the gun that killed her. Tell us the truth. I didn't kill her. I didn't know her. I never even heard of her. Our mystery drama, It Has to Be True was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars John Beale. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Just suppose, says the philosopher, that this was the last day of the world. Well, of course... No one is really prepared for such a question, much less for such an eventuality. And yet, it's possible for the world to come to an end. Suddenly, silently, a candle blown out by the wind. It happens just that way for so many people. At one moment, they glory at the light, and at the next, they grovel in the dark. Why'd you stop me, officer? Step out of your car, please. I wasn't speeding, I'm sure. Talk very slowly and keep your hands where I can see them. What's this supposed to be? Turn around. Lean forward. You mind telling me? Place your hands against the hood of the car. Now, hold it, officer. You don't have to search me like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not some criminal. I'm James Arthur Correll, assistant sales manager of Arcturus Electronics. We have instructions to pick up a James Arthur Correll who answers your description. And is driving a gray four-door Aurora sedan. Pick up? What do you mean, pick up? You'll have to come with us, Mr. Corral. But I have to be in Chicago this evening. I'm sorry, sir. Officer, I have no intention of resisting arrest, but this is a mistake. If it's a mistake, it'll be straightened out. Mr. Corral, I'm Inspector Luther. Homicide. Homicide? What does that have to do with me? The arresting officer has already informed you of your rights. What am I being accused of? Did you know a Mrs. Georgiana Slater? No. She resided here in Benton City, 87 Rutherford Place. I don't know anybody at all in Benton City. No? I never even stopped here before. You didn't? Well, it's just a place I drive through en route to Chicago. Actually, I don't even drive through it. I, I bypass it on the highway. A Mrs. Georgiana Slater was murdered this afternoon. Well, what does that have to do with me? 
At this point, you're a material witness. Material witness? Inspector Luther, is that your name? I, I didn't witness anything. And I'm certainly not aware of any material that could be of any use at all. You deny you knew Mrs. Slater? Of course I deny it. You never called at her home on 87 Rutherford? I don't even know where that is. You never parked your car in front of 87 Rutherford? Of course not. You never spent the night there? Never. You didn't have a relationship with Georgiana Slater? I told you. I never even knew such a person. Excuse me. Uh, Eddie, bring in the carton, please. Inspector, would you mind telling me what's going on? Of course. Oh, thanks, Eddie. Now, put the carton down on the table. Now, Mr. Corral, in this box are some items of wearing apparel. Well, that's... Well, those are... Those are my... This cardigan sweater. Can you identify it? It's mine. And these blue pajamas. This maroon robe. Look, all those things. They're mine. Where'd you get them? In Georgiana Slater's bedroom. Oh, oh, no. No, there's no way they could have gotten there. No way, Mr. Corral? No, no. This this thing, it's crazy. I got... Inspector Luther, listen to me, please. I was driving north on the highway. For no reason, two officers in a police car stopped me. And they bring me here. I'm informed that I'm a material witness in a murder. And I have... Have I lost my mind? What's happening to me? All right, relax, Mr. Corral. Everything will be all right. I'm being made the victim of some... Some frame-up. Isn't there anything I can say that will make you understand? Yeah, yeah. There is. Eddie, uh, you want to come in here with your stenotype machine? Mr. Corral is ready to make a statement. What kind of statement? A confession. What am I supposed to confess to? The murder of Georgiana Slater. Now, believe me, you'll feel better. I have absolutely nothing to confess. All right. But we have absolutely everything we need. You've got your car parked at the house, your clothes in the closet, the letter from Mary Cordelieu. Who's Mary... whatever her name is. And what letter? Mary Cordelieu is the agony columnist, you know, the advice of the Lovelorn editor, on the Benton City Daily Mail. Georgiana had written to her asking how she could get this married guy she was going with to leave his wife. And she got a letter back saying to give him the gate. So, we've got some padding on the motive. She was ready to kiss you off. Well, that letter doesn't have to refer to me. Well, it describes you pretty well. And we've got the gun. What gun? Your gun. A thirty-eight caliber Darnley Stewart revolver, serial number QH2354. Registered in the name of James Arthur Corral. Well, yes, that's my gun, but... But it's been lost. Uh, it's been my experience, Mr. Carell, that lost guns always turn up in, uh, inconvenient places. Where was it found? Next to the body of Georgiana Slater. No, how could I have killed her? What are you doing to me? I'm innocent. And you're also very tired and upset. You need a good night's rest. Eddie... We're holding, Mr. Corral. You mean I'm going to have to stay here? Mm, overnight. Well, I'm entitled to a hearing before a judge. You're getting one tomorrow morning. I want to call my lawyer. Absolutely, he should be here. Well, I, I don't understand. What's happening to me? James? James? Uh, Wake up, darling. Uh, oh. 
Oh, oh. I'm here, darling. I'm here. Oh, Della, did I have a dream? A nightmare. I dreamed I was in... I was... I was in... James? Della, it wasn't a dream. I'm in jail. We couldn't get a plane till six in the morning. We? Walter Sturgis and I. Oh, Walter? Well, I... I know you're not overly fond of Walter, but... Well, I can't imagine why... He thinks you're the salt of the earth. Well, I told you to call old man Paulson. He'd have the corporation attorneys defend me. Darling, you see, Mr. Paulson said that while he would certainly support you all the way down the line, it would have to be... How did he put it? What are you saying, Della? Off the record. It would not be prudent to emphasize your connection with the Arcturus Company. Oh, I see where this is going. I gave Arcturus 15 years of my life. I opened up the entire Middle West. And now that I'm in trouble... Dearest, Sellers and McIntyre are basically corporation lawyers. They don't have any criminal practice. And Walter is a top trial lawyer. He's already taken over. He's in with the district attorney right now. We'll have you out of here in no time. James... I could hardly understand what you were saying on the phone last night. You're actually being held on a charge of murder? Yes. I don't believe it. You couldn't kill anybody. Who's murder? A woman named Georgiana Slater. Did you know this woman? Of course not. Then why do they say you killed her? They claim I was having an affair with her. Oh, what? I know, it's ridiculous. You you know I'd never have an affair with another woman. You know that, don't you? Yes, of course I know that. But why did they arrest you? Well, they claim I was seen in the house and that my car was parked outside it. But that could have been mistaken identity, a coincidence. Well, surely they can't arrest a person for that. Well, they, there were some other things. What other things? They found some of my clothes in the closet and my revolver. It was the weapon that killed her. They found it near the body. Oh. Stella, I, I don't know how they got there. James. James, have you... Have you been... I, I don't know what to say. Condella... Please, I, I know it looks bad. Oh, maybe it's all my fault. What was your fault? I, I've been a little difficult to live with these past few years. I resented all the time you had to give to your job. Thought you were working too hard and neglecting oh, me. Della. It hasn't been easy for you at Arcturus. Paulson is unreasonably demanding. I should have understood that. Della, what are you saying? But maybe without meaning to... Without even knowing it, you drifted into this, this situation. You needed a place where you could just escape from pressure. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. Bella, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care what the evidence implies. I didn't kill this woman. I believe you. No, I didn't have an affair with her. I didn't even know her. Darling, don't say any more. I'm your wife. I love you. I'll stand at your side. Uh, thank you, officer. I'll uh, call you when I want you. Walter, get me out of here. I can't get bail. 
But you said you'd try to work something out with the DA. The DA claims you'd jump bail and leave the country. Well, couldn't you convince him that I wouldn't? Now, his point is that you were a fugitive. You are running away. If after the murder you'd have given yourself up, well, that would uh, prove that there'd be no risk in letting you out. Now, wait a minute. If after the murder I'd given myself up, who says I committed the murder? Oh, James. Do you believe I'm guilty? They have the gun and the ammunition. Well, I'm telling you I'm innocent. But they have your clothes in her house, your gun on the floor by her dead body now. Now, how do you account for it? I can't. Now, there are certain cases you can't win unless your client uh, adopts a mature attitude. Well, which means what? Which means you must realize that there's a give and take. What do I have to give? You must admit that you were having an affair with her. But I wasn't. You've already been found guilty of that. In what court? In the most important court in the land. The court of public opinion. Now, deny the affair and the jury absolutely will refuse to credit anything you have to say. You admit it. At least I'll listen to you. But it isn't true. I spoke to Della. She forgives you. But there's nothing to forgive. James, you only have one way out. You are madly in love. No, no, no. Hopelessly infatuated with Georgiana Slater. Is everybody crazy? She was a beautiful woman, and you fell for her the way only a middle-aged man can. Walter, are you for me or against me? One day she became tired of you, and you lost your head. In a terrible fit of insane jealousy, you shot her. No, I did not. Why can't you believe me? I'm innocent. Are you? Really? Yes, how do you know? How do I know? I know what I did, what I didn't do. Could you have killed Georgiana Slater and not been aware of it? Could you have been carrying on an affair with her and not been aware of it? How could I have been unaware of it? How would you like to find out? We should all like to find out. Here we have a man driving along minding his own business when suddenly he's taken to jail and accused of murder. And they have a whole battery of live evidence against him also. What's going for him? His own conviction that he's innocent. How's he doing so far? Not so good. We'll see how it goes in Act Two. says the philosopher, judge by appearances. Very good advice, but seldom followed. The unfortunate part is we do judge books by covers, birds by feathers, and women by beauty. But is everyone with liquor on his breath a drunk? Is everyone caught with his hand in the till a thief? You see, all this has to do with circumstantial evidence which is why so many lawyers get rich. You're saying I could have had an affair with a woman and be unaware of it? Exactly. And I could have murdered her and not be aware of that? Precisely. How's that possible, Walter? You can ask someone who knows. Doctor, I don't know what my attorney, Mr. Sturgis, has told you, but I want the record straight. By all means... I'm in the middle of something. What? 
Well, something I can't explain. Ordinarily, I'd say it's a dream, a, a nightmare, except if it were, I, I should have awakened long ago. Mm, try to describe it. Well, on my way to Chicago, I'm suddenly arrested for the murder of a woman I don't know named Georgiana Slater, who lives in a city I've never been in. And I'm confronted with a mass of circumstantial evidence. And next week, I'm actually going to trial. You don't know how this evidence could have gotten into Mrs. Slater's home. Well, now, the gun, for instance. I had actually lost it some weeks before. I didn't even know where it was. Mm-hmm. Have you had any serious problems lately? Oh, I never have problems. Just go out and sell. That's my motto. You're under no strain, no pressures? No, there's always some strain and pressure. Why? What's the nature of the business? You have to be thinking and planning and pitching every day. Mm, Any strains between you and your wife? Absolutely none. Absolutely? Well, well, there's always this and that in married life. Any serious arguments? Well, it depends on what you call serious. What do you consider serious? Well, there was an awful lot of flack about the the amount of time I give to the job. And so things are not exactly cheery at home, huh? Would that be a fair one-word description? Well, I suppose it might be. And at the office, did things run smoothly? Do things really run smoothly anywhere? Mm-hmm. Some places they do. What was your problem at the office? Well, who said I had a problem? Your wife was unhappy because of the long hours. Is that true? Well, yes. Well, there was a certain amount of friction. So the core of the problem is at the office. You put in long hours. Why? Well, I told you, it's a rough competitive business. There's no clock. I guess delicate never really understand that. Do you feel that the time you're putting in, the the energy that you're expending, the work that you're doing, is appreciated? Never, not in a million years. So you feel you're not getting the recognition, the compensation you deserve? Doctor, nobody ever gets the recognition and the compensation he deserves. Oh, some people do. Uh, I certainly was being cheated out of mine. Cheated? That's a strong word. Well, it's the exact word to describe it. What I did, the, the way I was putting out, the, that was just taken for granted. And the result is that you're frustrated on the job and unhappy at home. As you just said, your boss is cheating you. And since you don't have the resources to quit, you have to cheat somebody too. Hmm? Who? Your wife? Oh, that's crazy. I'm not that kind of man. That's right, you're not. It goes against your moral fiber. Therefore, it's an act that you've got to perform without knowing it. To that end, you deliberately develop a form of amnesia, and you lead a double life. A double life? Yes, consciously, you're completely unaware of it. You find a woman far away from home with whom you can have a very uh, discreet relationship. No, I can't believe that. It can't be. Your clothes in the closet, are they real? And the gun account for that? I, I can't, Doctor. The gun is the key. You were living in two worlds. The first, the primary, 
But in the world of your job, of your wife, and your children, your home, the world you would call reality. But there was another world, an unconscious world, the world of Georgiana Slater, the world you tried to keep secret, even from yourself. You can never make me believe that. The gun, the gun is the bridge between the two worlds. The gun exists in both worlds. It's common to both worlds. When you feel you must end the relationship with Georgiana Slater, when you feel you must kill her. Doctor... The gun is the instrument. But it's at home, in the other world, the conscious world. You need it. Therefore, the conscious James Arthur Correll hides the gun and claims it's lost. But the unconscious James Arthur Correll knows where to find it. And thus, uses All right, but, but just tell me, if I did know her, and if I was having an affair with her, if, if I did kill her, why did I leave my clothes and my gun by the body? If I knew she had written a letter to that columnist, why did I leave the implicating answer lying around? Mm, why? Yes, why? Because you wanted to be found out, caught, and punished. Doctor, this... this story you've just told me, do you actually believe it? I believe it could be true in your case. Why? Because I've come across it before. You mean people can be unfaithful to their wives, lead a double life, e even commit murder, and be unaware of it? Mm, certain people, yes. And that's what's happened to me? James, are you all right? Della, Walter, I don't know what to say. The uh, trial is coming up. I realize, Walter. Della, there's something I have to tell you. I didn't want to plead guilty because that would be admitting to the world that I'd had an affair with another woman. That's between you and me, James. It's no one's business but ours. Well, how could I tell you a thing like that, Della? You'd never forgive me. James, if it were the other way around, would you forgive me? Yes. Why? Because I... Because I love you. And I love you, James. And we can work it out. Are you ready to believe you knew her and killed her? I don't know. It's just that everything points to it. Everybody insists on it. How long can I fight it? I guess it just has to be true. Well, Mrs. Luther, enjoying dinner? Well, I was, John. I think I'm starting to unenjoy it. Yep. In less than 30 seconds, you'll be going to work. No, no. I didn't let anyone know where I was. No one from headquarters can get in touch with me for the next three hours, no matter what. In 15 seconds, you'll be back on the job. You're on it right now. You never stop being a cop. Your motor's always running. Gee, I'm sorry. Darling, you can't help it. Five minutes ago, something in this restaurant caught your attention. 
has been buzzing around down in your unconscious mind. You're right. Helen, I know now what caught my attention. Mm. Should I take a cab and go home? I finally placed those two people. That couple at the table near the wall. Yeah. I know who they are. You should have asked me. I know who she is. Her picture was in the paper. She's the wife of that fellow who's being tried for the murder of that woman. Oh, what was her name? Georgiana Slater. Yes. You worked on that case, didn't you, John? Yeah. Fellow with her is Walter Sturgis, her husband's lawyer. Well, why should all this bother you? Those two people, do they look friendly? Well, they look like they're friends. Is it possible that they could be more than friends? Yes. Yes, it's possible. Now, wait a minute, watch what he does. And notice, he reaches over and holds her hand. Oh, she takes her hand away quickly. And shakes her head. He smiles. It's happened a few times. She seems to be giving him that kind of look that says, not in public. And she's right. But he obviously cannot keep his hands off her. <laughs> she's quite a dish. Why does it intrigue your cop-like instincts? You have a man being tried for the murder of his alleged mistress. Meanwhile, his wife evidently has a thing going with his attorney... Something bothers me. What? I don't know. Well, should we have dessert? All the evidence is in. But suppose, just for the sake of argument, suppose that James Arthur Corral is innocent. Where does that leave us? I don't know. We must ask, is it true that James Arthur Corral killed Georgiana Slater? It has to be true. Why? Well, you know that better than I would. Aren't you the cop that gathered up all the evidence? All right, look, I'll take you home. There's something I want to do right away. Remember me, Mr. Corral? Yes. You're the police inspector. Well, what do you want? I mean, it's the middle of the night. I uh, want to ask you some questions. Why? Just answer them. Oh, what's the difference? I spoke to my lawyer about my plea. Walter Sturgis? Yes, that's his name. How come you picked him to be a lawyer? Look, what is this all about? Now, just answer. I don't have to answer anything. Why don't you try? What for? Maybe you were right all along. The last time I saw you, you were trying to get me to sign a confession, remember? That's right. I was. And I kept refusing. Because I was positive I was innocent. Remember? Yes, I remember that. Well, I was wrong. About what? About my innocence. Well, what happened? Do you now admit that you're guilty? Look, uh, this conversation is off the record. Yes, I... I believe I'm guilty. You were so sure you were innocent, you almost had me convinced. When I first questioned you, were you putting on an act? No, I believed beyond a doubt that I was innocent. And now, I believe I'm guilty. Why? Because it has to be true. Why does it have to be true? Because, 
Because it's the only thing that makes sense. You see, even the hardest rock is slowly eroded by the constant rains. And even the strongest conviction may be undermined, confused, and overcome by the unrelenting pressure of circumstance. There comes a time when further resistance is impossible, and a man can be forced to say that black is white, day is night, and wrong is right. Mystery Theater will return shortly. find this hard to believe today, but five centuries ago, a man got himself into hot water by insisting that the earth revolved itself around the sun instead of the other way around, which was the accepted wisdom of the time. Well, if they could force Galileo to recant publicly what he knew to be true, what can we expect from James Arthur Correll? An ordinary, average, everyday, middle-class citizen. Wait. You're telling me now that you're guilty, Mr. Corral? Well, isn't that what you kept telling me? I'm doing exactly what you said, Inspector. Don't fight it, you said. Well, I'm not fighting it. You and the psychiatrists said I could be guilty without knowing it. All right, I accept it. What more do you want? Do you accept it because your lawyer told you to, or do you really believe it? Look, I, I'm tired. It's it's late. Why did you engage Walter Sturgis to defend you? Why? He's a top criminal lawyer. Any other reason? Oh, he's Della's friend. Oh? And he's my friend, too. He was married to a girl Della went to school with. Later, they got divorced, but, but he stayed friendly with us. Why did they get divorced? Well, why is that important? Is it possible that this school friend of Della's became jealous of Della? Why should she be jealous of Della? Well, she may have thought Della was having an affair with Walter. Well, that isn't true. I mean, it isn't true that they were having an affair. I right, let us suppose for the sake of argument that you were telling the truth when you explained you were innocent. We now have some problems. How do we get the clothes into the house, the car parked outside, and, of course, the gun? The gun. Inspector, I'm convinced that there is no way they could have gotten there unless I'm guilty. But if you're not, somebody else is. Maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe you just drove from your house to Chicago and never stopped in Benton City at all. It's an eight-hour drive. I could get an early flight the next morning and be there in 58 minutes. Why drive? All right, why did you? Well, the conscious part of my mind says I hated airplanes. But is that the reason? Did I drive so that I could stop here and be with Georgiana Slater? I, I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Well... How'd it go last night, Inspector Luther? Ah, uh, crazy. Two weeks ago, I'm hammering away at him to confess he's guilty and he insists he's innocent. Now, suddenly, I'm beating at him to believe he may be innocent and he insists he's guilty. What if somebody was out to get him? His wife? And his lawyer? Hmm. 
I would consider them prime suspects. Hmm. Let's say they arranged an elaborate frame-up. They pick a city on the way to Chicago. They find some woman who lives alone, who likes to have fun. Has that reputation. Yes. From time to time, they park a gray sedan outside the house to attract attention. Well, it could even have been Corell's when he wasn't using it. Now, the murder. They time it to take place on a day they know he's headed for Chicago. They kill her. Leave the gun and the clothes there, and then... They... Yes? I remember exactly how it broke. A call came in saying that there was a noise. Sounded like a shot from 87 Rutherford Place. Anonymous call. They could have placed it. Then there was another anonymous call to the effect that there was a gray Aurora sedan parked in front of 87 Rutherford. The license number. And a man was seen getting into it right after the shot was fired. The description turned out to be Corell's. John, are you actually saying the wife and the lawyer are guilty? When they brought Corell in, I never saw a guy who seemed so genuinely surprised... Suspects are constantly insisting they're innocent, but Corell actually had me going for a minute. Well, what can you do about it? I don't know. Wait a minute. What is it? The letter. What letter? That was supposed to have been the final touch. It appeared she'd written a letter to Mary Cordelieu asking for advice because she got a letter back which said... And I remember... You have to give that Lothario the shock of his life. It's either or, and if he refuses, show him the door. You're just serving as an oasis between Turnersville and Chicago. Turnersville is where Correll comes from? Yeah. With this letter, the prosecution could prove she was ready to throw him out. Adds to his motive. John, are we sure Georgiana Slater wrote for advice? All we have is the answer. It's a signed letter from Mary Cordelieu. Well, could it be a forgery? No. Because if it turns out to be a forgery, then... Then... Yes? Look. If it turns out that Georgiana Slater did not write to Mary Cordelieu, then whether the answer is forged or not, it proves that it was deliberately planted. And every other piece of evidence also has to be suspect. But how can you prove it? I need a lucky break. And so does James Arthur Correll. Come on. Oh, uh, I was told this was Mary Cordelieu's office. Uh, who are you? Inspector Luther, homicide. Oh, well, uh, what do you want to see Mary about? I'd rather discuss that with Mary. Uh, is it important? What's your name? Bob Burley. You know where I can find Mary Cordelieu? Is this her office? Uh, Inspector, can I trust you not to blow the whistle? I'm Mary Cordelieu. What? Yeah, yeah. Mary wrote the column for years, but about a year ago she got sick and had to leave. Well, yeah, the name belongs to the paper, so I asked the publisher if I could take over. <laughs> All right, Mr. Burley, I need your help. I want to ask you about a letter you wrote to a Mrs. Georgiana Slater. Yeah, go right ahead. You remember writing a letter to a Mrs. Georgiana Slater? Yes, Slater, why is that name so familiar? She was murdered. 
Oh. Do you uh, recognize this letter? Sure, sure. You wrote it? Yeah, I wrote it. There's no chance it could be a forgery. No. Nope. Well, why should it be funny? It was in response to a question then. Yeah, all of them are. You remember getting a letter asking advice from Georgiana Slater? <laughs> You'd be surprised, but I remember everything. I'll prove it to you. I even have that letter she wrote to me. What? Do you save them? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Part of my permanent files. See, I, uh, see, I put it in the A file under <laughs> Affairs with Married Men. <laughs> I'd uh, like to show you how it's all cross-indexed. Oh, yeah, here we are. Uh, the letter from Georgiana Slater. Ah, uh, may I see it, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Mary Corleo, I am madly in love with a married man from Turnersville. He drives to Chicago once or twice, sometimes three times a week, and stops here in Benton City to spend the night with me. He keeps promising to divorce his wife, but I'm afraid he'll never get around to it. Please tell me what to do. Georgiana Slater. How do we know that Georgiana Slater wrote this request? Oh, well, she signed her name to it. How do we know this is her signature? Well, why would anybody else write me such a letter? See, the letter happens to be typewritten. Is that strange? Well, yeah, in a way. You know, many of them aren't. I think people feel that such personal things should be in their own handwriting. Could you let me have a copy of this letter? Eddie, I have a letter here. I want you to do a couple of things. First, go to the bank Georgiana Slater used and see if it's her signature on it. Second, check through the list of effects in her apartment and see if she owned a typewriter. Have you uh, seen James? Oh, yes. I visit him every morning. And how is he? Reconciled. Mm. He believes it. The way it sets up against him, it's hard not to believe it. Oh, Della, darling. Walter, not now. I have so many things to do. And you must be busy, too. The trial starts tomorrow. You know, Della, sometimes I I wonder if you really love me. Oh, darling, how can you even doubt it? It's it's just that I'm so nervous. (laughs) There there is no reason to be nervous. I have to appear in court as his loving, supportive wife. And I can't do it if I... You understand? Yes, yes, of course, of course. There'll be so much more time later, darling. You'll be in jail. I can get a divorce quietly. Who would that be? Doesn't matter. But should I be here in your suite? Why not? I'm your husband's lawyer. Uh, gentlemen? Mr. Sturgis? Yes? I'm Inspector John Luther... This Detective Edward Smith. Can we come in? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, this is uh, Mrs. James Correll. Uh, Della, these gentlemen are police officers. Oh? Yes. What can I do for you, Inspector? I have a copy of a letter. Is it familiar? Well, why would it be familiar? Would you like to look at it? Walter. Now, Della, Della, this, this is evidently a trick of some kind. Now, Inspector, I demand to know what you're doing. I just want to know if this letter is familiar to you. It uh, purports to be a request for advice written by a uh, Georgiana Slater to a Mary Cordelieu, uh, who's evidently an, an, an advice columnist. But why shouldn't it be familiar to me? 
The answer from Miss Cordelier to Mrs. Slater would be a nice touch. A finishing touch for the prosecution. But you forgot the letter that Mrs. Slater would have to write to elicit such an answer. What is he saying? Walter. Uh, officer, now, if you're making a charge or an accusation... If the letter of inquiry is phony, then everything else becomes phony. Georgiana Slater didn't write such a letter. But you still haven't said how this involves me or uh, Mrs. Correll. You forged Georgiana Slater's name to a phony letter to Mary Corleum. Inspector, if this is an accusation... No, no, at this point it's just a suggestion. Walter... Tell us, say nothing. You thought there could never be anything to tie you to this request. After all, the columnist probably throws the letters away, and besides, who would ever think to probe? Walter, what is he saying? Nothing that he can prove in court. The bank says the signature is not familiar. Mistake number one on your part. Then we know that Mrs. Slater did not own a typewriter. Mistake number two. Well, Georgiana Slater could have uh, found a typewriter somewhere. The letter was typed on a machine in your home, Mrs. Correll. We checked it. Walter, you thought you were so smart. Stella. It was your idea. You scared me into it. But you killed him. Inspector, I don't know why I listened to him. Maybe because James was away so much. Della, they have no proof. They found out about the letter. They can find out about anything now. Anything. But it was your idea. His idea, Inspector. I don't know what got into me. I must have been out of my mind. I was upset. Confused. Uh, Mrs. Correll, do you mind talking a bit more slowly so that Detective Smith can take it all down? I'll be back shortly with a final thought. How marvelously complex is the human psyche. How quickly we can be led to conclusions. How completely our own convictions may break down when confronted by what appears to be an overwhelming flood of so-called evidence. Sometimes we simply surrender in the face of, it has to be true. It takes courage to stand up and ask why. Why does it have to be true? Our cast included John Beale, Robert Dryden, Joan Shea, and Earl Hammond. Associate Director, Marlon Swing. This is Hyman Brown, producer-director, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, then... Pleasant dreams?